Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you Agatha Christie's Miss Marple and Murder at the Vicarage. In St. Mary Mead, no one is despised more than Colonel Prothero. Even the local vicar has said that killing him would be doing a service to the townsfolk. So when Prothero is found murdered in the same vicar's study and two different people confess to the crime, it is time for Miss Marple to exercise her detective abilities. This will be a five-part series, so sit back and relax. And I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. Yesterday, there hadn't been a murder at St. Mary Mead for 15 years. And for a man like Colonel Prothero to be actually murdered in the vicarage, there has been nothing to compare with that in living memory. And then, to crown it all, Lawrence Redding walks into the police station and calmly confesses to the murder. We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple and Francis Matthews as the Reverend Leonard Clement in Agatha Christie's Murder at the Vicarage. I may be dense, Miss Marple. Well, uh, Griselda often tells me that I am. Leonard. But I cannot see why Lawrence Redding should confess to the murder if he hasn't committed it. If you'd seen his face last night, he was like a madman. He was trembling from head to foot. Yes, but surely that only goes to support what I am saying. It seems to me that if a young man had made up his mind to take a fellow creature's life, he would not appear distraught about it afterwards. (sighs) Well, I know it is difficult to put oneself into such a position, but I cannot imagine myself getting into a state like that. But we hardly know the circumstances. If there was a quarrel, the shot may have been fired in... A sudden gust of anger, and Lawrence might afterwards have been appalled by what he'd done. But surely, Mr Clement, one must take the facts as they actually are, must one not? And it does not seem to me that the facts bear the interpretation you put on them. Your maid distinctly states that Mr Redding was only in the house a couple of minutes. Not long enough, surely, for a quarrel such as you suggest. And then again, I understand the colonel was shot through the back of the head when he was writing a letter. Mm, That's quite true. He seems to have been writing a note to say he couldn't wait any longer. The note was timed at 6.20 and the clock on the table was overturned and had stopped at 6.22. And that's what's been puzzling us. Why, my dear? Because our clock is always kept a quarter of an hour fast. So that when it said 6.22, the colonel would not even have arrived. Very curious. Very curious indeed. But the note itself seems to me even more curious. Morning. Oh. I hope I'm not butting in on anything. No, a letter's not in the least. We were just... I hear they've arrested Lawrence. Yes, we were just talking about it. I never really thought anyone would murder Father. Lots of people must have wanted to. There have been times when I would have liked to do it myself. Can I get you anything? Letters, a cup of coffee? No, thanks. I really only came to see if I'd left my berry here. I think I'd better put it down in the study the other day. Oh, if you did, it's still there. Mary never tidies anything. I'll go and see. Sorry to be such a bore, but I seem to have lost everything in the hat line. Ah, no, I'm afraid you won't be able to get in the study. Inspector Slack locked it up last night. How remarkably tedious of him. 
Yes, but uh, uh, surely lettuce, uh, a yellow berry, won't be much good to you at present. Oh, I shan't bother about mourning. I think it's an awfully archaic idea. Still, it's a nuisance about Florence. I suppose it's all on account of me and my bathing dress. Oh, but surely you... But... <laughs> I think that I shall go home and tell my stepmother about Lawrence having been arrested. See you later. Yes. Uh, uh, why did you step on my foot, Miss Marple? You were going to say something, my dear, and it is often so much better to let things develop along their own lines. I don't think, you know, that child is half so silly as she pretends to be. She's got a very definite idea in her head... And she's acting on it. A policeman's come oh, with a dear. message uh, from uh, Colonel Melchett. Colonel Melchett? He's the chief constable of the county, my dear. He's over at Dr Haydock's and he wants you to go there, Mr Clement. Oh. Oh, well, I'll, uh, I'll do so straight away. If you'll excuse me, Miss Marple. Oh, certainly, Vicar. This extraordinary story of Reddings. Uh, have you any idea what his quarrel with Prothero was about, Vicar? I've heard rumours, of course, about him being forbidden the house. Did he seduce young lettuce or something? Was that the trouble? Oh, no. No, no, it wasn't. You can take it from me that it was something uh, different. But I can't say more at present. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, we don't want to bring the girl into this any more than we can help, for everybody's sake. Uh, but there was a lot of talk. Too many old ladies with nothing better to do. Uh, funny none of them heard the shot, though. Well, as far as I can tell, the study door, the pantry door and the kitchen door were all shut. But I understand the study window was open. I wonder why the old lady... Uh, what's her name? Miss Marple. Yeah, I wonder why she didn't hear it. Perhaps she did. No, no, I don't think so. And she was over at the vicarage just now, and she didn't mention hearing a shot. Well, what about a silencer? That's quite likely, surely. Uh, Slack didn't find one, and he asked Redding, and Redding didn't seem to know what he was talking about at first. But then he denied using one. Since he's confessed to the murder, that would seem to settle the matter. Did he give any reason for killing Prothero? He says they quarrelled and he lost his temper and shot him. Hmm. Which, as Miss Marple has just been pointing out to me, doesn't really square with the facts. Uh, are you suggesting that he, he crept up on Prothero while he was writing the letter? He mustn't have. There was no time for a quarrel. He went in, shot Prothero... Put the clock back to 6.20, all in the few minutes before I encountered him at the gate. What do you mean, in the few minutes before you encountered him? I thought it was ten to seven when you got back to the vicarage. That's right. Mary let Redding in at about 6.45. But that just isn't possible. Prothero had been dead for at least 30 minutes when I examined him, and that can't have been later than seven. If Redding says he killed Prothero at a quarter to seven, he's lying. Uh, what possible reason could he have for doing that? Come in. Excuse me, sir, but there's a note for the vicar. Oh. Very important, apparently. Oh, thank you, Constable. It's from Anne Prothero. To do with the murder? I don't know. Please come to me. I don't know what to do. It's too awful. I want to tell someone. Please come immediately and bring anyone you like with you. Is this what you were hinting at earlier? Yes. Yes, I wasn't sure if it was my duty to speak. Well, now it's obvious that I must. Anne Prothero was having an affair with Lawrence Redding. Was she now? Mm. Well, we'd better be getting over to Old Hall. I wanted to have a word with the servants anyway. Mrs Prothero will be down in a few minutes, gentlemen. Is there something I can get for you? No, thank you. 
But there are a few questions I'd like to put to you while we're waiting. Of course, Colonel Melchett. I'd like to know when Mr. Redding was last here. That would have been on Tuesday afternoon, sir. I understand there was some sort of disagreement between him and the Colonel. I believe so, sir. The Colonel gave me orders that Mr. Redding was not to be admitted in future. Did you overhear the quarrel at all? Colonel Prothero had an uncommonly loud voice, sir, especially when it was raised in anger. It seems it had to do with the portrait of Miss Lettuce. Hmm. Any other visitors to the Colonel? Yes, sir, there were. On Wednesday afternoon, the archaeologist Dr. Stone called and was here for some time. And there was a lady in the evening. A lady? Yes, sir. The family were at dinner. I showed her into the morning room. And how long was she with the Colonel? About half an hour, I believe. And did she give her name? Yes, sir. It was a Mrs. Lestrange. Mrs. Lestrange? Yes, Doctor. Thank you for coming so promptly, Mr. Clement. Well, you did ask me to bring anyone I thought fit. I see you understood what I meant. I think we had better have our little talk in the morning room. It's best to get it over quickly, I suppose. You see, it was I who killed my husband. Oh, my dear Mrs. Prother. Oh. I know it sounds rather blunt put like that, but I'm not one for hysterics. I've hated Lucius for a long time. The only surprising thing is that I didn't do it long ago. You are aware that Lawrence Redding has already confessed to the crime. It was frightfully gallant of him, but very silly. He's very much in love with me. He knew that it was you who'd committed the murder? Yes. Yes, I told him. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Unfortunately, we must. Where did you get the pistol, Mrs. Brothero? It was my husband's. I knew that he kept it in his desk drawer. And you took it with you to the vicarage? Yes. I knew he would be there. Did anyone see you entering or leaving the vicarage? No. I mean, yes. Miss Marple. She was in her garden. I talked to her for a few minutes. Look, I can't stand any more of this. Why don't you just arrest me? I'm sure it isn't as simple as that. We need to explore the matter further. I think it would be best if you were to remain here, Mrs. Prothero. Would you mind staying with her, Doctor? No, of course not, no. There are a few questions I'd like to put to the people here, and then I shall call on Miss Marple. Perhaps you'd keep me company, Vicar. Yeah. I don't want to put the wind up your flock. As a matter of fact, I was in my little garden from five o'clock onwards yesterday, and of course, from there... Well, one simply cannot help seeing everything that is going on at the vicarage next door. Mm. I understand, Miss Marple, that Mrs. Prothero passed this way yesterday evening. Yes, she did. I called out to her, and she admired my roses. Could you tell us about when that was? I should say just a minute after a quarter past six. The church clock had just chimed. Very good. And then? Mrs. Prothero said her husband had an appointment with Mr. Clement, and that she would go to the vicarage and meet him there, so that they could go home together. The lane up to Old Hall passes by Miss Marple's garden. If you'll come outside, I'll show you. Do you see, the path opposite the stile leads to Old Hall, and that is the way they would have taken home together. And from here, she went across to the vicarage? Oh, yes. I saw her turn the corner of the house. I suppose that the Colonel had not arrived, because she came back almost immediately and went down the lawn to the studio. I let Redding use it for his painting. And you didn't hear a shot, Miss Marple? I didn't hear a shot then. When did you hear a shot, Miss Marple? I think there was a shot somewhere in the woods, but quite five or ten minutes later, and as I say, out in the woods. At least I think so. 
Surely it can't have been. So Mrs. Prothero went down to the studio. Then what? She went inside and waited. Presently Mr. Redding came along the lane from the village. He went up to the vicarage gate. And saw you? As a matter of fact, he didn't see me because just at that moment I was bending down trying to uproot a particularly nasty dandelion. <laughs> so difficult. And then he went through the gate and down to the studio. He didn't go near the house? Oh, no. He went straight to the studio. Mrs. Prothero came to the door to meet him and then they both went inside. And how long did they stay there? About ten minutes. At half past six, they strolled out through the garden and along the lane towards the village. They were joined by Dr. Stone and Miss Cram. Well, I think it must have been Miss Cram, because her skirts were so short. When they left the studio, uh, did you happen to notice what sort of expression they had on their faces? They were smiling and talking. They seemed very happy together. They didn't seem disturbed in any way. Oh, no, quite the opposite. Deuced odd. There's something odd about the whole business. Why? Has Mrs. Prothero been saying that she committed the crime now? How on earth did you come to guess that, Miss Marple? Well, I rather thought it might happen. I think dear Lettuce thought so, too. She's really a very sharp girl. So Anne Prothero says she killed her husband. Oh, yes, she's quite insistent about it. Well, I do not think that it is true. In fact, I'm sure it isn't. Not with a woman like Anne Prothero... Although one can never be sure about anyone, can one? When does she say she shot him? At twenty past six, just after speaking to you. And what is she supposed to have shot him with? A pistol. Where did she find it? She brought it with her. Oh, no, that she didn't do. I can swear to it. She'd no such thing with her. You mightn't have seen it. Oh, of course I should have seen it. Well, it could have been in a handbag. She wasn't carrying a handbag. It Uh. might have been concealed somewhere. (laughs) My dear Colonel Melchett... You know what young women are nowadays. Not ashamed to show exactly how their creator made them. She hadn't so much as a handkerchief in the top of her stocking. But you have to admit it all fits in. The time, the overturned clock stopped at 6.22. Oh, do you mean to say that you haven't told him about that clock? Well, Uh, what about the clock? Uh, It was fast. We always keep that clock about a quarter of an hour fast. Why the devil... Forgive me... Why on earth didn't you tell Slack about this? I tried to. He absolutely refused to let me utter a word. It's quite beyond me. Everybody confessing to the murder, left, right and centre. If I might be allowed to suggest... If you were to tell Lawrence Redding what Mrs. Prothero has done, and then to explain that you don't really believe her, and then if you were to go to Anne and tell her that Mr. Redding is in the clear, why, then they might each of them tell the truth. And the truth is helpful. Though I dare say they don't know very much themselves, poor things. That's all very well. But they're the only people who had a motive for doing away with Prothero. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Oh, Why? Can you think of anyone else? Oh, yes, indeed. I can think of at least seven people who would be very glad to have Colonel Prothero out of the way. Seven people? Well, in St Mary Mead. Oh, mind you, I name no names. That wouldn't be right. But I'm afraid there's a lot of wickedness in the world. A nice, honourable, upright soldier like you doesn't know about these things, Colonel Melchett. I suppose there's no doubt about what she says. If Miss Marple says Anne Prothero had no pistol with her, you can take it for granted that's so. If there was the least possibility of such a thing, Miss Marple would have been onto it like a shot. 
if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true enough. Well, what's the next step? Uh, I'm going to follow up Miss Marple's suggestion and have a little talk with Redding and Mrs. Prothero. Yes. A snack had better be on it, too. And I'd like it to happen at the scene of the crime, if you have no objections, Vicar. I've been an absolute idiot. How could I possibly have thought for a minute that Anne would do such a thing? Perhaps you'd like to tell us what did happen. There's not much to tell. You see, Vicar, I decided I was going to follow your advice. Oh, yes? I arranged to meet Mrs. Prothero at the studio at a quarter past six to tell her that I had made up my mind it would be best for all concerned if I went away. Mm. She agreed that it was the only thing to do. How long were you in the studio together? It can't have been more than ten minutes. As we came into the lane, we ran into Dr. Stone, and I went off with him to have a drink at the Blue Boar. And when did you come out? It must have been nearly a quarter to seven. I thought I'd go home, but... When I got to the corner of the road, I made up my mind I'd tell Mr. Clement what I'd decided. Your maid told me that you were out, but would be back shortly. Colonel Prothero was already in the study, she said. Go on, Mr. Redding. Well, I didn't like to go away again. It looked as though I was trying to avoid him. So I said I'd wait too, and I went into the study. And what did you find there? I think you know. Prothero was sitting at the writing desk... I went up to him. He was dead. Then I looked down and saw the pistol lying on the floor. It was my pistol. Your pistol? There was only one conclusion I could come to. Anne must have taken my pistol some time or other, perhaps meaning to use it on herself, if she couldn't bear things any longer. I thought she must have had it with her, and that after we parted in the village, she had come back here and... And, uh, oh, it seems monstrous now, but I could think of no other explanation. I slipped a pistol in my pocket. This pistol of yours, Mr. Redding, when did you last see it before the murder? It's hard to say exactly. Where'd you keep it? On a shelf of the bookcase in my cottage. So that anyone who came in could have seen it? Uh, yes. And who has been to see you lately? All sorts of people. I had a tea party there the day before yesterday... Lettuce was there, and uh, Dennis and Miss Cram. Haydock was there for a while, and that curate of yours, Mr. Clement... Uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Mr. Hawes. Yes. Do you lock the cottage up when you go out? <laughs> Why on earth should I? No one dreams of locking the house up round here. So it comes to this. Almost anyone might have taken the pistol. It seems so, yes. Oh, really? Dr. Haydock's here. He's bought Mrs. Prothero. All right, ask them to come in, will you, Mary? You can go in now. I'll uh, wait for you in the sitting room, Mrs. Prothero. Thank you, Doctor. Anne, forgive me. It was abominable of me to think what I did. Is it true what Dr. Haydock's told me? That Mr. Redding is cleared of suspicion? Yes. And now, what about this story of yours, Mrs. Prothero? I suppose you think it dreadful of me. Uh, Shall we say, very foolish. But that's over. What we want now is the truth, the absolute truth. I will tell you. I suppose you know about... about everything. Oh, yes, we all know. The chauffeur drove Lucius and me into the village. I had some shopping to do. 
As we parted, Lucius mentioned he had a meeting with Mr. Clement. I had arranged to meet Lawrence in the studio at a quarter past six. I couldn't get word to him to warn him that my husband was going to be at the vicarage. So what did you do? I thought that perhaps Lucius might not stay very long. So I went along the back lane to the side gate. And, of course, Miss Marple had to be in her garden. We talked for a few minutes and I told her I was going to call for my husband. And what happened after you left her? I went across to the vicarage and round the corner of the house to the study window. I expected to hear the sound of voices, but there wasn't a thing. I glanced in and saw that the room was empty. And I hurried across the lawn to the studio where Lawrence joined me almost at once. Would you mind showing us now exactly what you did? Whatever you wish. Inspector Slack will open the window for you. Very good, sir. Now, if you'd be so good as to step out onto the terrace, go round the corner of the house and walk back past the window, just as you did the other day. Of course. And then come straight back in again. Yes, Inspector. Now, Clement, if you'd go and sit at your writing table... Oh, as Prothero did. Yes, very well. And um, lean over the desk, as if you were writing. She's coming now. Thank you, Mrs. Brothero. Did that tell you what you wanted to know? Is that exactly how it was? Yes, I think so. Then can you tell us, Mrs. Brothero, exactly where the vicar was when you looked in? The vicar? I'm afraid I didn't see him at all. Then that's why you didn't see your husband. He was out of your field of vision at the writing desk. You mean it was there that... Lucius? Yes, Mrs. Brothero. He was shot while he was sitting there. It makes me feel quite sick. Is that all? Can I go now? Yes, Mrs. Brothero. You can go. Will you be needing me any more? I have no further questions. I'll come with you, Anne. Goodbye, gentlemen. Yes, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye, Mrs. So, back to square one. Yes, I have a feeling that this is going to turn out to be a much more intricate case than any of us had imagined. We're only beginning. I've never known anything like it, Mrs. Clement. When Dr. Stone told me we were coming to St. Mary Mead, I thought that little Gladys was going to be bored to tears. But just look what's happened since we've been here. Adulterous passion up at the manor, the colonel shot dead in the vicar's study, and no less than two confessions. Whatever next? Oh, hello, darling. Oh. Have all the policemen gone? Yes, they've gone. I don't think you've met Gladys Cram. Oh. She's helping Dr Stone with his excavation. Ah, yes, how do you do, Miss Cram? How do you do, Vicar? Must be a very interesting um, pursuit. I've only been with the doctor a few weeks. It seems a rather creepy sort of thing to be doing. Digging up people that have been dead for hundreds of years and <laughs> rooting about among their possessions. Mm. Is Dr Stone going to carry on with his excavations? Oh, bless you, of course he is. He wouldn't let a little thing like a murder get in his way. I doubt whether he's even noticed. He's all wrapped up in the past. He'd a hundred times rather look at a rusty old knife he's dug out of some old burial mound than see the knife Crippen cut his wife's throat with. Well, I must confess I rather sympathise with his point of view. <laughs> oh, Mary? Miss Marple's here. She wants to have a word. Uh, I must be off. The doctor will be wondering where little Gladys has got to. <laughs> Bye-bye, Vicar. Goodbye, Miss Crown. Uh, thanks for the coffee, Mrs C. Oh, mm. uh, not at all. Bye. Mm. 
Well, shall I show her in or not? Yes, Mary, if you please. Really, that girl goes from bad to worse. Can't you even get her to knock? I can't get her to do anything, <sighs> particularly since that Inspector Slack has been prying about the place. What's Slack got to do with it? He was responsible for her young man being sent to prison for poaching. Oh, you mean young Archer. They're going out together. Have been for two years. You never notice anything. I hope I'm not intruding. No, no, of course not. Do come in, Miss Marple. Oh, thank you. You see, I couldn't help noticing that Mr Redding and Mrs Prothero had both been here. Yes, and it worked out just as you said it would. And who do the police think did it now? Well, they don't seem to know where to go next. I do wish you'd tell me who your seven suspects are, Miss Marple. My seven suspects? Well, yes, you said that you could think of seven people who would be glad of Prothero's death. Did I? Oh, yes. Yes, I remember now. Well, was it true? Oh, certainly it was true. But I mustn't mention names. You can think of them quite easily yourselves, I'm sure. Well, there's uh, Lettice Prothero, I suppose. Well, she always complained her father kept her short of money. You can't uh, possibly think Lettice did it. I don't know how people could be so hateful starting pointless stories when there's not a shred of truth. If only there were any real clues. Mm. There is the note, of course, that the Colonel was writing. As I said this morning, I thought it most peculiar. It does seem to fix the time of death with remarkable accuracy. Why should he head it 6.20? Why should he start to write the letter at all? That's the question. Your maid, Mary, had already told him that you wouldn't be in until half-past six at the earliest. And he seemed quite willing to wait until then. And yet, at twenty-past six, he sits down and writes to say he can't wait any longer. Mm, if only there hadn't been a time on it. Exactly. You know, as I remember it, that bit about it being 6.20 was written quite differently from the rest. So, so it might have been the work of someone else? Well, yes, I suppose it could. Then it is possible that there was no time originally written on the letter at all. Colonel Prothero might actually have sat down to write it at about 6.35. And while he was writing it, someone came in. But no, he'd have noticed. Oh, he was rather deaf, you know. Hmm. All right. The murderer stole up and shot him. Noticed the letter and saw a way of giving himself an alibi by putting 6.20 at the top of it and then altering the clock to that time. Yes, it does seem quite possible. So we need to find someone who has a cast iron alibi for 6.20, but none at all for 6.35, or whatever the time was. And, of course, the shot I heard could have been the real shot, and I thought nothing about it, nothing at all. <laughs> Yet, now I try to recollect, it does seem to me that it was different from the usual kind of shot that one hears. Louder? No. No, I don't think it was louder. In fact, I can't really say in what way it was different, but I know that it was. Mary said she thought she heard it too, but, but she was sure that it came from the woods. No, no, yes, but that's just because we're always hearing shots coming from the woods. Mm. Oh, There's dear. There's a note come. A note? Who brought it? 
Well, I didn't see, did I? Someone put it through the letterbox. Here. Thank you, Mary. I can't see through the door, can I? <laughs> Good Lord. Well, what's it say? I should be so very grateful if you could come and see me as soon as you possibly can. I'm in great trouble and need your advice. Sincerely yours, Estelle Lestrange. Mrs Lestrange? You don't suppose she's involved in all this? Well, Mrs Evans, who does my cleaning, tells me that Colonel Prothero's kitchen maid happened to overhear the most tremendous row between Mrs Lestrange and the Colonel the night before his murder. Well, there's more to her than meets the eye. There may well be. But if Mrs Lestrange is going to confess to the killing as well, I think I shall go out of my mind. In episode two of Murder at the Vicarage by Agatha Christie, Miss Marple was played by June Whitfield and the Reverend Leonard Clement by Francis Matthews. Griselda Clement, Imelda Staunton, Dr. Haydock, Nigel Davenport, Colonel Melchett, Richard Todd. Lettuce Prothero, Rachel Atkins, Anne Prothero, Francis Jeter, Gladys Cram, Una Beeson, Lawrence Redding, James Telfer. Inspector Slack, John Badley, the Constable, Malcolm Ward, the Butler, Lewis Jones, and Mary, Alice Arnold. Murder at the Vicarage was dramatised for radio by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams. Mystery Radio presentation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app. Also, there's a Nostalgic Mystery Radio YouTube page for your perusal to subscribe to. You can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day or evening. And again, thank you for listening.